0: الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على خاتم الأنبياء أشرف المرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أما So, we're talking about the seerah or the life or the tariqah of Rasulullah ﷺ. We're taking it back to that which is related to the Prophet Regarding the lineage of the Prophet وسلم, there are some ahadith that mention up to a certain point and then another hadith that mentions to another point and one that t- ties it back all the way to Adam salam. on the Anbiya. And we'll talk about the entire lineage and what's authentic and what's weak and how weak and all of that later, inshallah. But no doubt that Adam alayhi is the beginning of the lineage of everybody. So some people, they talk about, well, you know, the authenticity of the later part of the lineage, well... The discussion about Adam needs no uh, uh, discussion on that. Because all of us, in reality, our lineage goes back to Adam. When we talk about Adam, and I'm not going to talk in depth. This is not about uh, the Anbiya. This is really about Rasulullah, but because it's related to the Prophet, we're going to discuss it. I want to make some clarifications because... In our time, this is not just a dars for you to like, entertain you. We're here to educate and to uh, yani elaborate on the proper aqidah and things as well. In our time, we have some people because of the weakness of their iman and because of the inability to stand on the haqq, they want to sell out the religion. So what they talk about when, when, when people put a pressure uh, on them about evolution, they say, well, yani Adam, he might not have been the first, there <laughs> might have been others, he may be... La, uh, this is all wrong. Why? We have a dalil. What is the dalil? The Qur'an itself. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يعني yani, Have taqwa Allah subhanahu الذي خَلَقَكُمْ مِنْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us from one man. Not monkeys, not apes, not other species. I mean, some of these people that talk about this, maybe their ancestors were monkeys. Could be. And pigs. But ours, alhamdulillah, are not. Anybody who's offended, feel free to leave. <tayyib>. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Qur'an has told us that we were created from one person. Who was that? Adam salam. وَخَلَقَ مِنْهَا And from that one person Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created, زَوْجَهَا yani <hawa> The wife of Adam Salam. And from them then رِجَال Nisa and all of mankind and so on. So we know... The beginning of mankind was not from any Neanderthals or you know whatever that is, whatever else they may come forward, no matter what they say. And wallahi, and if you look in the tahkiq, all of their narrations and things have holes. Alhamdulillah, the Islamic narrative has no holes. But theirs does. So when you have a clear ayah from the Quran, we cannot mess with it. We cannot be lenient about it. We cannot try to re-go this way. Allah created us from one man. From that one man, Adam, he created his zawja, yani the wife, and from them came mankind. So, Rasulullah is from that lineage as well. Because as mentioned, this is all of us. And he is the sayyid, he is the leader of all of them. We need to know the fadail, we need to know the virtues without ghulu, without going into exaggeration. What is based on authentic Narrations. We have to respect and love the Prophet sallallahu The Hadith that Imam Muslim has mentioned in his Sahih, At-Tirmidhi ibn Majah have also reported with their own independent Asanid. Obviously, if it's in Muslim, it's Sahih. Rasulullah sallallahu said, "Ana waladul Adam al wala yani, I am the leader of the children of Adam on the day of judgment, and this is without boasting. I mean, the, the job of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi is very difficult Because he has to convey what Allah has ordained And sometimes people may take it to like as if he's boasting <laughs> I And mean, he is When you are the Sayyid, the, the leader of of ibn Adam And Allah has ordained for you to tell people I And mean, you have to tell them But this is the humbleness of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi That he never boasted about it He never bragged about it He never looked down on anybody But Allah gave him that status now, Adam Alayhi we discussed him in the last dars, and the creation of Adam Alayhi I wanted to point this out today, just because I see some useless conversations in the Ummah sometimes. Somebody talks about this race being better than that race, and these people better being that people, and this and this. In the end, we all came from one man and one woman. We're all related. Black, white, Chinese, whatever language you may speak, whatever tribe you may be from, in the end... How are you going to talk bad about each other? We all came from the same roots. Yeah. Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam a.s. And he was on Tawhid, And the whole world was Muslim. They were all on Islam. And between him and Nuh, there are ten generations. In the hadith that Imam al-Bukhari has mentioned in his Sahih, and I'm relying on authentic narrations here, Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, he reports from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is what type kind of hadith? Marfu'an. Yani it is not the call of Ibn Abbas. This is the, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa has taught him. That, كان بين آدم و نوح عشرة قرون. Between Adam and Nuh, there were ten generations. كلهم على الإسلام. They were all upon Islam. Subhanallah, this is the fitrah, this is the original state that you should be on, Islam is what you, sh- everybody, and this is something again, uh, whoever I offend, I offend, alhamdulillah, I'm happy about it. We do not accept any other religion, no other religion is truth, no other religion is valid, I'm sorry, it's not my choice. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala chose Islam as the only religion, and the and the beginning of this mankind. It was not upon Judaism or Hinduism or thisism or that. It was upon Islam. All of them, and these first generations, they were all pious. Yani, uh, basically, there was no shirk. There was no bid'ah. There was no يعني, uh, drinking and zina and things like this, subhanAllah. There are يعني, certain things in Qabil and Habil we'll discuss today, inshaAllah. But to understand that these first generations were all Muslim. Islam did not begin with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Islam has always been the one true religion of mankind. Now, there is an issue. You have one man, and from an, him, Allah created a woman. And they are married, Adam and Hawa. They have children. But there is nobody else. I mean, there are. They, they don't have cousins and you know, other tribes to go and marry from. And humanity has to grow. Here... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made a system. And there are some uh, opinions between the ulama. I'm, I'm giving you what I see to be the most authentic, as Ibn Jarir al-Tabari uh, has mentioned in his tafsir from Ibn Abbas and Ibn Mas'ud. We don't have anything marfu'an from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa on this. We don't have anything from the Prophet sallallahu but these are aqwal of sahaba. And there are two aqwal, and, and there is no khilaf between them. There, you can bring them together. The, the strong opinion... Is that every pregnancy that Hawa had, there were twins, a boy and girl. And then there would be, the next pregnancy would be a boy and girl. And some of them were born in the day, and some were born in the night. So when they had a twin in one pregnancy, they could not marry each other. They would marry like the boy from that would marry the girl from the next pregnancy. And according to some of the aqwal, the first would be in the day and the second would be in the night. So there is tafriq here, need to make separation. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordained that this would then become the beginning of mankind. Here, Adam would then ordain as the father and as the haq, as the right of the father who would marry who? And He would be born, and with the wisdom that Allah had given him, he would say, you will marry this girl, and you will marry this boy, and so on. And everybody obeyed as they should. Then there came an issue. Qabil and Habil. These were two of the sons of Adam, والسلام, amongst others. Qabil decided he did not want to marry the girl that his father Adam had ordained for him to marry. And this is from the shahwat. And this is from the desert. Sometimes Allah writes for you something that is good for you where people disobey. And those of you that are young, when your parents choose somebody for you or try to yani, encourage you towards marrying from a pious household and so on, understand they want good for you. As long as they do it within the Qur'an was Sunnah. If they take you outside those boundaries, then no. But within those, that is the boundary you should stick to. And here, Adam a.s. being a Nabi of Allah, being a Prophet of Allah, he wanted the best for them. But the desires of Qabil got the best of him. And he disagreed. So at that time, and this is, Ibn Kathir has mentioned this in Bidaa wa Nihaya, and, and I've looked at the Sanid, and this is why, I mean, I'm, I'm just... I spent all night last night going through these things So I mean I'm just summarizing After looking at the authenticity and so on So Qabil and Habil They were ordered by Adam To present A sacrifice to Allah And at that time How it would work Is you would present your Qurban And many people when you say Qurban They think we're speaking like Farsi or something It's an Arabic word, Quran So Qurban would be your Sacrifice and a fire would come and burn it from the sky. And it would be gone. And in our time, when we do a sacrifice, we make any sacrifice of a goat or a lamb or something, we all eat it, alhamdulillah. And at that time, that wasn't the rule. Once you sacrifice, it was accepted, it would be gone. You couldn't benefit from it. And this is the sharia and the differences that have between the ummah. Tayyib. So, both were to present their qurban. Habil was a shepherd, right? and Qabil was a farmer. And even at that time, there were hunter-gatherers, there were different types of people and so on. Qabil, he went to his crops, and he he saw good fasil, good crops, and he saw medium, and he saw in the middle like, the stuff that was like, you know, it's useless. And he thought, you know, it's going to get burnt up anyway. So might as well just take the worst of it. Habir, on the other hand, he went to his flock and he saw the best lamb, fat, healthy, and mean, the best of them. And he took that. This is a very important point. For us today, when we give something for the sake of Allah, we give the worst. And when we want something for ourselves, we want the best. But this is your niyyah, your intention here. I mean, this is what separates between what is accepted and rejected by Allah. Allah doesn't need A sacrifice. Allah doesn't need your hadith. Allah doesn't need your qurban. Allah doesn't need your fidya. Allah doesn't need anything from you. Your sadaqah, your zakat. Allah doesn't need any of it. And none of it reaches Allah. The blood, the the flesh, the bone. No. It is your niyyah. It is your intention. And how you carry it out. Here, already Qabil, he brought this crop. That was the worst. And Habil brought the lamb that was the best. And Habil's Qurban got accepted. Clear. Now the issue is clear. Adam salam. he had already known what was right from wrong, but to uh, educate them, to show them, he let them go through this process and he made a hukm. He made a decision. The first sin on earth comes from hasad and disobedience to the father. Here, Qabil decided that he was not going to obey his father. And he was going to have hasad. He told Habil that I'm going to kill you. But they didn't understand what death was. (laughs) Like there was no concept called murder. Like can you imagine, they didn't have this concept. Right? So Habil told him, what does that mean? Like, Like even why would you hurt me? I'm your brother. He he tried to give him good nasiha, but Qabil. Now, interestingly, Qabil was weak. And Habil was strong. He was righteous and he was physically strong. Qabil obviously had some shortcoming in his piety. And he was physically weaker. So he couldn't attack Habil. (laughs) Because physically, Habil would defeat them. So, one time, Habil, when he was herding his flock, and you know at that time, it's early mankind, they don't have schedules and things, he, he put his head down, he took a nap. Adam now he was worried, because he was supposed to have come back, and he wasn't back. So he sent Qabil to go and see where Habil is. Qabil, he went, and he saw his brother, his stronger, more pious brother, Habil, sleeping. And he decided, I'm going to kill him. But he didn't know how. (laughs) Like they didn't have weapons. They didn't have knives. They didn't have any of that, right? He didn't even know how to kill. So here Iblis, the enemy of insan. And Iblis, he is the father of all of the jinn. Something to understand. Adam, he is the father of all of mankind. Muslim, kafir, black, white, everything, he is the father of all of them. What is Rajah? What is correct as Ibn Abbas and Mujahid and Qatada and Hassan al-Basri and Shaykh Ustam Taqidin ibn Taymiyyah and Shaykh ibn Abbas and Sheikh ibn Uthaymin and others have said is that Iblis, ibn al-Jinn, all of them, kafir or Muslim? ومن جن شياطين هم الكفار من الجن ومنهم مسلم من الجن كالمسلمين في الانس والشياطين في الانس الكفار شياطين في الانس يعني the jin have good and bad they have يعني مسلم جن and they have kafir jin and a kafir jin is called shaytan there is iblis he's one but bashayatin armenian But don't think shi'ateen are only from jinn. There are shi'ateen min al-ins. And Adam is the father of all mankind, Muslim and kafir, shaitan, iblis, the shaitan. He is the father of all jinn, Muslim and kafir. But the jinn, and in taking after their father, iblis, they usually, unfortunately, lean towards wrong. And insan in their fitrah leans towards good, taking after their father the Iblis, the enemy of Insan, he came to Qabil and he told him, I'm going to show you how to do this. Take a big rock, boom, throw it. The first assault weapon. Why don't you go try to ban rocks? Right? You took a big rock, went, and dropped it on the head of, Qabil, of Habil. So Qabil killed Habil. The first murder in the history of Insan. And now, he doesn't know what to do with the body. They didn't have this concept, right? This is very early on. They had not seen death yet. So, here, as some of the narrations mention, that the crows that attacked each other, and there are, you can see, scientists that talk about crows, and their burial rituals, and their janais, that their funerals that they have on each other. It's very interesting. But this is in hadith. So, we take it from the hadith. Uh, as mentioned uh, by Ibn Kathir and uh, Ibn Sa'ad and others in their kutub with Sanad, that, that Qabil saw from the crows and from the waswas of Shaitan how to get rid of the body. So he took the body of uh, Habil and threw it in a ditch. Subhanallah, from this began sinning amongst mankind. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi has told us in the hadith that Imam Bukhari has reported in his sahih, hadith number 3,335, and Imam Muslim in his sahih, hadith number 1,677, from Ibn Mas'ud, from Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi that nobody will kill, لا تقتل نفسا ظلما, nobody will kill a person in ظلم, يعني in oppression, wrongly, إلا كان على ابن آدم, يعني accept, that upon the son of Adam, Which son? Qabil. Will be the sin of it. Because he is the first one. أَوَّلْ al He is the first one to kill. Imagine that. How many murders have happened this year? Last year. In the last hundred years. In the last thousand years. In the last ten thousand years. Go all the way back, who knows how many hundreds of thousands or millions, Allah knows best how long mankind's been around. All of those murders will be upon the head in the hisab in the accountability of Qabil. Because he set that sin in motion. Imagine going in the front of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, on the Day of Judgment with that. And imagine us, those people from our Ummah, who start Bid'at, who start Bid'ah in the Ummah. And then everybody that follows that Bid'ah, you will get the sin from it. Those who call each other towards sinning. And those shayateen from the mankind, who tell each other, why you want to make salah? Why you want to wear hijab? It makes you look old. Well, what do you mean, what's wrong with it? There is an opinion, and there is an opinion, and there is an opinion. To make, to justify haram, who make light of the religion, who call to people towards drinking, or partying, or zina, or, or, or other worse things like kufr, like voting, and, and democracies, and all these kinds of things, and socialism, and all this kind of... People who call towards these things, imagine those who follow them, and all those sins that will be on their head. So here, we should take a great warning from what happened. Hawa, the wife of Adam, the mother of Qabil and Habib, as the narration that is mentioned, when she was informed of this, she didn't know what it meant. Like, look at the innocence of Hawa. When she was told, that Qabil killed Habil. She said, what does that mean, killed? And look at how innocent mankind, when, when you're without sins, look how innocent life is. So they told her that he will no longer eat, and no longer drink, and no longer move, and she started to cry. Here, this was the beginning of mankind. There were 10 generations, and then again, I don't want to go in detail, I'm, I'm only going, any. Ijmalan, like in a summarized way, just because it's related to the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu These ten generations, one thing wonderful in it, there was no shirk. Yes, sins began. There were sins. From here. But there was no shirk. Alhamdulillah. But now, Adam alayhi salam, he passed away. And now, the children of Adam obviously 10 generations they're passing away and many of them were very pious like Habil and there is Wadda and Sawa'ah and Ya'uth and Ya'uq and Nasra. These five according to some of the ulema they were actually the children of Adam some of them they mentioned they were not directly the children. Now, they, these five are mentioned in the Qur'an, no doubt to them. But were they directly the children of Adam and Hawa, or were they I any mean, from the other generations? Well, Allah But what we do know, that they were pious people, as uh, Ibn Abbas, who was reported from Rasulullah in Sahih al-Bukhari, hadith number 4636, that no doubt that these were pious people from the early times. And they had passed away. And Iblis, he came to the people. Shaitan, our enemy. And he told them, look, these are the pious people. When they are gone, who will remind you about good? Who will, who will remind you for the beautiful things that they used to remind you of? They were awliya, no doubt. And they were pious people. And they had passed. So what I will do, is I will make you an idol, an image, a picture. So you can remember them when you sit in your gatherings, just so they can remind you, subhanAllah. This is in Al-Bukhari. And and again, the reference to this, you can go back to the Qur'an itself and find, so there's no doubt to this. Now, what shocks me? What makes me want to cry and laugh at the same time, is Iblis plays the same tricks today. And our Muslim ummah falls for the same tricks today. Today you go to certain parts of the Muslim world and you will find people, and I have met people like this myself. This is not any exaggeration. It's not mubalagha. They will tell you you cannot make dhikr of Allah except by looking at at an image of your shaykh. Wallahi, I met a person myself in San Diego. He used to carry a picture of his Sufi, tariqa shaykh, and he would have it, and and if he wanted to make dhikr, he would take it out and he would have a picture in front of him. Why? Did Rasulullah teach us this? Did Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali r.a.w. teach us this? Did the Sahaba do this? Did the Tabi'un do this? Did Abu Hanifa or Ahmad or, or Imam Malik or Shafi'i, may Allah be pleased with all those great A'imah, did they teach us this? No. Iblis taught of this. And just like that time, he falls for the same trick. You go today to the Muslim lands and they have these Qubur that are built. Huge Qubur with domes and decorations. And you tell them, you know Rasulullah wasallam forbid this, right? You know there are Sahih Ahadith forbidding this, right? No, no, these are Awliya. This reminds us of them. Let's go do a dance there. Yeah, that, that's, there's that, some piety there. Huh? I mean, we have some of these places in some countries. I don't want to mention the names of countries, Pakistan. And mostly people go there to do drugs. And you see the people smoking weed and hashish. and Look at this. Charsi. Look at this. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Don't say anything. They're awliya. <laughs> they don't make salah. <laughs> they don't know ghusl or wuduah. And these are awliya. Awliya of shaitan. Same tricks. Today you go to some Muslim lands. Huge Sufi saint. Like I don't know, whatever. Pictures. <laughs> statues. Billah. Same tricks. Even if that person is pious, whoever's grave that is, maybe they were pious, I don't know them, right? Maybe they were pious, just like these people were pious. But what you are doing, this is the trick of Shaitan. Shaitan did the same trick. He told them, you will remember these awliya, let's make an image, let's have them in your gatherings. Well, you have them in your gatherings, but why don't you have them in your houses? So you can remember them all the time. Great idea! <laughs> Images. Today I, I walked into people's houses myself, personally. Who call themselves Sufis, Goofies, whatever. And you'll go there and you'll see pictures hanging of their Sufi shiukh. Just because I said sheik doesn't mean I respect her. Sheikh are of many types. My sheikh used to say, Shiuch are of four types. A shiuch, a sultan. I sometimes kings they call them shiyukh. With shiyukh zaman. Some people are just old. That's literally shaykh. With Quran. I mean those that are on the sharia. shaykh. And shaykh is shaytan. <laughs> shaytan has his own shaykh. So these people they have these pictures hanging in the house. And you know Rasulullah Rasul forbid hanging pictures in the house, right? No, no, no. He's a wali. It's okay. Khalas. <laughs> Iblis. So this is then it spread into every house. Until this time, there were no Rasul. There were Anbiya. What's the difference? Anbiya are prophets. And I'm not going to get into the khilaf, I'm just going to give you the, what is correct. Anbiya are prophet. Rasul are messengers. Anbiya are upon what Allah has sent them upon, on guidance. But Rasul brings a sharia. They, they bring a message, a risala. So until this time, there was no need. Everybody was on Tawheed. So what what Rasala would you bring? The Ahkam were explained by Adam Alayhi salam, and the people followed them and whoever sinned, sinned, but there was no Shirk. But now that you had Shirk introduced into the Ummah, into Insan, into mankind, now Allah sent a Rasul, a Messenger. I will make one more point before I move forward from this. And I know... People just want to be entertained. They just want me to. They don't want me to talk about that which is related to today. They just, just just talk about that in the past. No, I'm not here to entertain you. I'm not an entertainer. I'm not an MC. <laughs> I'm here to educate you. Anas ibn Malik radhiyallahu who He mentioned the hadith that Al Tabrani has mentioned hadith number four thousand two hundred and two, and is a sahih hadith. That Rasulullah sallallahu said, "Inna Allaha hajabat tauba an sahib kull bid'ah Listen to this hadith. Sahih hadith. Rasulullah has told us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He takes away, He makes hijab of all the tawbah. Yani he completely covers up tawbah. He takes away the ability of tawbah from the sahib, from the, from the one who does bid'ah. any yani, yani bid'ah. The mubtadi', the person of bid'ah, Allah doesn't accept tawbah from them. In the explanation of this hadith, I saw a beautiful point, which is one of the points from this is, the person of bid'ah thinks they're doing something good. <laughs> they don't make tawbah. Like a sinful person makes tawbah. If you're sinful, you know you're sinning. Sometimes you meet a brother, may Allah protect us all, and he's doing something wrong, and you just look at him, and they see you, like uh, when you're apparently Muslim, unlike most of our imma today who want to kind of, not look Muslim. <laughs> when I wear a thobe for the da'wah, everybody's like, why you want to, don't look Muslim? Like, what does that mean? <laughs> anyway, when they see you apparently Muslim, they become ashamed because they know they're sinning. Like a woman without hijab, when she sees a woman, mashallah, already she's ashamed. So either she will feel ashamed or she'll attack her. Why are you wearing that? <laughs> I didn't even say anything to you, sister. Why are you wearing that? We're in America. Oh, 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 oh we are. What? I'm shocked. Is that where we're at? Is that 21st century? Oh is it? I'm glad you told me. I thought we were in second century Arabia, but I'm glad you informed me. So the Quran is no longer applicable? The ahadith are no longer they're, they're, they're gone? Right? Okay. But why do they do that? Because they feel ashamed. They know what they're doing is wrong. So here, when the person is sinning, at least they know they're sinning. person of bid'ah thinks they're doing something good. And that's why those Ulema and those du'at and those tullab Ilm that justify Bid'a, Wallahi, they should fear Allah. Bid'ah al-Hasana and Bid'a al-This and Bid'a and that What Bid'a al-Hasana? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told us, كل بِدَةٍ Every Bid'a is ضَلَالًا وكل ضَلَالَةٍ في النَّار very interesting point here. Why? كل بِدَةٍ finnar? Like Some Bid'at are not Kufr, not every Bid'at, is Kufr. But this is where we come back to what happened to the people of Nuh a.s. In the beginning, their bid'ah was not something that made them Kafir. They weren't worshipping those pictures. Many people today, you go to their house and they have pictures of their family hanging on the wall. Right? Like Muslims, they, Alhamdulillah, they go, you go to their house, and some of them, I mean, their wife's picture, no hijab, you're like, um, I don't know if I should be sitting here. <laughs> you know? But their grandfather, their father, somebody from their family's picture hanging on a wall. And you tell them, hey, you know, Rasulullah Like, oh, we're not doing it as a worship. I and mean, it's just I love my grandfather. Like, you know? But this is where it begins. This is where it begins. That's why the Sharia stops these things before they begin. But the people of Nuh when they first made these images, they didn't make them to worship them. They made them to remind them of pious people. And if you don't think you have this love developing with these pictures, next time you go to somebody's house and they have a family picture, go spit at it. There's a glass, you're not ruining it, (coughs) just go like this. You can wipe it off, take it easy. But just that, you, you, you see where it begins? That's where it begins. That's why we should not hang pictures. Whether pictures are mutlak and haram or not, I'm not going to get into fiqh masail. But no doubt, hanging pictures, haram. And now we have in the masjid, sometimes people bring us posters with pictures. Can you hang this? <laughs> Imams of Adar Masajid. <laughs> how do you expect us to hang pictures in the masjid? This is the house of Allah. We're making salah here. Allah <laughs> musta'am. This is how it began. Now, when we look at the shirk that began, it didn't begin in that generation that built these, that made these pictures. But when that, as Ibn Abbas explains, when that generation died, then the next generation didn't know what these were for. So they were like, what is this for? Well, when they used to want to feel spiritual, they used to look at these. So... Slowly, slowly, they started to worship them. It began with a bid'ah that was not something that makes you kafir, but it ended you up in a nar. كل بِذَة في النار Bid'ah then keeps going, it doesn't stop, it's like a disease. Right? So here, the people of Nuh, they started to worship. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sent Nuh alayhi salam. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, يعني, he says, إِنَّ إِلَيْكَ to Rasulullah كَمَا إِلَى nuh We sent wahi to you as we did to Nuh Surah Al-Nisa This is a very beautiful point. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tied the dawah of Nuh to the dawah of Rasulullah ﷺ. And there's many fawaids from this I don't want to sidetrack. The reason I'm mentioning Nuh ﷺ because this is still from the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Adam, to Nuh. I'm not going to go through each person, but those that are important. But there is also another point. If we look at the da'wah of Nuh salam, it was against idol worshippers and shirk. And that's how the da'wah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was. If you look at the da'wah of Nuh salam, he went through a lot of his hardships trying to call people. And this is how Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, was. So it, it ties them together as well. Nuh salam, he is the first Rasul and then I mentioned this, but I want, I want to always mention adillah, proofs. The hadith in Sahih al Bukhari, hadith number 4712. It's also in Sahih Muslim, hadith number 194. The hadith of Shifa. When the people on the day of judgment will be going to the Anbiya asking them to intercede, when they go to Nuh alayhi they say, Anta awwala rasul. You are the first rasul, ila ahl al ard. Yani towards the people of the earth. So this. And this is Muttafakun alayhi. It shows us that no doubt Nuh alayhi was the first messenger, Rasul. He was not the first Nabi. The first Nabi before him, Adam alayhi And there could be, as the ulema have mentioned, Anbiya between them. But the first Rasul was Nuh. Nuh alayhi as we know from the Quran, he gave da'wah to his people for 50 years less than 100. That is how many? 950 years. What did he give da'wah towards? Tuhid. What should we give da'wah towards? First and foremost, tawhid. People forget this concept. He didn't tell them, yes, you are mushrikeen, but hey, why don't we work together? <laughs> why don't we work together on building bridges and, 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 and doing projects? Hey, can you help us with human rights and we'll accept your shirk and and stuff? La. He calls them towards tawhid. If you want to go to an interfaith gathering, go ahead. But with the knee of calling towards tawheed. But if you're going to an interfaith gathering to try to accept kufr, then we're worried about your own iman. I don't know which side of the interfaith you're on anymore. Nuh alayhi salam, he gave da'wah for 950 years. We know this from the Quran, no doubt. وَمَا آمَنَ مَعْهُمْ إِلَّا قَلِيلٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that very few people believed. How many? We have many aqwal of ulema. The range, and we don't have anything in the Quran to give you exact number. We know qalilun, we yani were few. The followers of Nuh salam, were few. No doubt, that's in the Quran. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi salam, yani from the Prophet salam, himself, there is no sahih hadith to show exactly how many. But there are aqwal from sahaba and tabi'un and, and other aqwal that range from 7 to 80 from 7 followers to 80 this is the range i found now here think about that 950 years of that 950 years of the da'wah of who? Not me, people like me and you with our mistakes and shortcomings. A da'wah of a Nabi, a Rasul, of Nuh, with Wahi. 950 years at most, you can say he had 80 followers. And his own wife was not his follower. The mithal given. Of the Imra'ah, I mean the woman who's a Kafir in the Qur'an, one of them, Imratul Nuh, and that of Lut, alayhum She is the wife of a Nabi, Kafir, and we'll talk about his sons. Here, Nuh alayhi salam, 950 years giving da'wah, 7 followers, 10 followers, 70 followers, 80 at most. How many is that per year? You guys can do your math. Imagine that. So when you give da'wah, don't be disheartened when you don't get results. Results are from Allah. Your job is to give da'wah within the boundaries of the sharia, upon the kitab wa sunnah. Results are from Allah. Was Nuh a failure? No, billah. He was successful because he did his job. When he saw the people 950 years of all types, open and secret and all types of dawah. He exhausted all the means and he saw that kufr was not going away. And his love for tawhid, he made dua to Allah. Oh Allah, don't leave upon the face of the earth. any kafir. Okay? This is the Quran. There's no doubt to these. So here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ordered him to build a ship. Now, and I want to mention this because some of the people, weakness of iman. Look, if your iman is weak, don't be a speaker. Nobody told you to get on this member. You don't have to. Stay at home. Play Xbox or something. I don't know. Right? Not that that's useful. That's pretty useless. But it's better than getting on a member and lying. Some people, because they're ashamed, they say, well, the flood. There is an opinion that the flood didn't kill everybody. Right? Because how will we explain that to our kafir master? I mean, boss, our friends. I'm sorry. Whatever. Right? Look... In the Quran, the dua is not to live min al ال- kafirin The yara. The yaran, none on the face of the earth. Don't leave any kafir. This is in the Quran. There can be opinions and opinions, but the Quran is very explicit. So that means that at that time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala flooded the whole earth. Only Nuh and those that were with him survived. And that's why he's called the second father of mankind. We all go back to Nuh as well. And the people that were around him. I mean, there were other believers with him. He wasn't like Adam salam, where he was the only one. Right? Here, when he's ordered to build a, a ship, and again, I'm not going into detail, I'm just I mean, summarizing here. People made fun of him. And he can nabi well anjar. It's very funny when you mentioned the wording from the hadith. The people they said he used to be a nabi, now he became a carpenter. <laughs> you know. And, they, they, they mocked him. They said, you should build a ship on, on the side of a, a river or a ocean. You're building it in the middle of land. Like, what's wrong with you? He said, Allah ordered it. Today, the same thing happens to us. Like, sometimes you go and make salah and some very intelligent Muslim, mashallah, figured something out that 1,400 years plus of ulema didn't figure out. Why are you making salah like this? No, you should do this. Why are you making wudu like this? No, you should... Mashallah. You just figured this out, Yeah. The whole ummah didn't know anything. You just figured it out. Why are we doing this? Because Allah said it to do it this way. Why are we doing this? Because Rasulullah sallallahu showed us this way. We'll stick to His way. You can have yours. Make fun of it all you want. Make fun of it. Go ahead. Blah blah. Past. Where's the flood? La 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 la. Blah blah. One of the brothers, he had his pants high at work. His pants were high. So when Kafir, he told him we're, you know, the same kind of jokes, where's the flood, blah, 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 kind of ignored it. Then he took it a little step too far. He said, uh, what does your wife wear when you wear these pants? It's the a joke, like they're your wife's pants, they're too short, right? The brother, he was sharp. Allah, forgive him and, and reward him. He told him, look, let's not go down this path. Like, I don't want to go down that path, because if you did, then I'd tell you they're not my wife's pants. <laughs> Tayyib. Nuh, no, alayhi salam, he was, he told the truth, not his wife's pants, it was his pants. Um, he built, he was building the, the, the ship. And there was a lot to it and then the disease that came on them, but I'm not going to go into all of that. When the water came, it flooded. From the ovens, from oceans, from rivers, from their houses, from everywhere, Allah ordered it. And it flooded the earth. And... Today when scientists scientists tell us that there was an ice age and the, and the water levels had risen and the whole world was this, then we're like, oh yeah, of course. When the Quran tells us, how do we explain this to people? Yeah, this is how you explain it. You tell them, Allah said so and it is. That's your explanation. Simple. Right? Allah it. the water came up and flooded the earth. And Nuh والسلام, and whoever was with him on his ship were saved. It's not because a ship was some amazing nuclear submarine or something. It's because Allah ordered it. Imagine the whole world is flooded and all those, you know, big uh, tsunami type waves and stuff. If it wasn't for the will of Allah, it would have been destroyed. But Allah ordered it. And Allah protected them. How long were on there and so on? We're not going to get into all of that. With him, were his children, some of them. And the believers... And from them were who were left on earth. As Allah sponsor told us in the Quran. Ibn Kathir mentions this. That he had uh, in Bidayah wa Nihaya, and all of the kutub of tariq have it across the board. That one of his sons name was Sam. One was Ham. One was Yafil. And there is another one mentioned, Kan'an. Can Anand also mention as the name of one of his grandsons? But we'll, I'm not going to go deep into this. Regarding this narration that mentions the three, Sam, Ham, and Yafith, this is in a tirmidhi Imam At-Tirmidhi graded it to be Hassan gharib I looked at and spent a lot of time on looking at all of the Asaneed myself. There is a rawaah also in the Muslim Imam Ahmad and At-Tabrani, but the fact is all of them are weak. Even the one in tirmidhi there's da'af in it. Having said that, Ibn Kathir in Bidayah wa Nihayah, he mentioned the additional asanid to show that they strengthen the weakness in the Rawayah in a Tirmidhi, and he found it to be acceptable. But again, in this, for this Dars, I've tried my best to stick to only clear authentic Ahadith. So I will say every Sanad here has Da'af in it. Having said that, across the board, the Ulema of tafsir having also Aqwal, from Sahaba and Tabi'oon with Sahih Asaneed have mentioned these names. So, even if that hadith that is Marfu'an from Rasulullah has weakness, this is an established concept. As Ibn Kathir Jalalain has it, Ibn Jawzi uh, Tabari in his tafsir and all of them have mentioned these four names Sam, Ham, Yafil, and Kan'an. Kan'an is usually the one that the ulema of tafsir and tariq have said the one who disobeyed and he was destroyed. He was not on. The ship. And this is the son of uh, Nu And the fact that he disobeyed him in the Quran. So no doubt to that. The name we're talking about these, but no doubt, one of his sons. And it's a very important lesson for the children here, for the youngsters here. His father was telling him, get on the boat. He was telling him, now I know better than you. I'm gonna go on the hill, on the mountain, it's high. Water's not gonna raise up there. Your boat, your boat's not gonna make it. Dad knows best. So here. Nuh, he tells his son, get on the boat. His son disobeys. His wife disobeys. They are destroyed. But three of his sons, Sam, Ham, and Yafil, they are no doubt on the boat. This is mentioned through authentic narrations, Mawqofan. And a Hassan narration, according to a Tirmidhi, Marfu'an. Even if you take it to be weak, no doubt the other narrations do establish those names. Now, there is a hadith that mentions... And Ibn Asakir has it in his tarikh um, that Sam was the father of the Arab and the Romans and the Persians and Ham was the father of the Berber and the Coptics and the people of Africa and Sudan and these areas. And Yafid was the father of Turks and stuff and from his lineage will come uh, Ya'juj and Ma'juj and things. But this hadith is not established. Even though it's in the history books, even though you will find it in the tarikh books, even though you'll see... Ulema and Duaat using it. But I went through all of the sanid and what is correct as Ibn Hajjar and others have established, and Ibn Rajab and other ai like Shaykh Hussam ibn Taymiyyah, is this is actually the call of Saeed ibn Musayyib, who is a Tabi'i. He's not even a Sahabi. This is where authentically it's his call. People have misattributed it to the Prophet wasallam. So we cannot say this. But the Ulema do agree that the Arab did come from the lineage of Sam, and from these three, any from them, the different tribes did come because them and the other believers were the only people there. So the lineage of Rasulullah sallallahu then comes from Sam, after Nuh. and inshallah, in the next dars, we will talk about uh, Ibrahim salam and the Arab and the three types of Arab and those things related to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi